The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Journey, stories of crisis and hope. Your host is Jessica Pirro. In today's program, we will provide awareness and education on various types of crises, the impact they have on one's well-being, and provide help to empower hope for you or someone you love. This program will help you understand various types of crisis situations by hearing from experts in the crisis response field, as well as those with lived experience through a difficult time. Now, here's Jessica Pirro. Welcome to The Journey, Stories of Crisis and Hope. I'm your host, Jessica Pirro, and I thank you so much for taking the time for tuning in today. Uh, Today we have a very interesting conversation that we're going to have. We're going to be talking about secrets. We all have them, but are we brave enough to share them? You may have not had the courage to verbally say them out loud, but would you write them out and mail them to a stranger? Over a million people have done this, and this has created Post Secret. And I'm very excited to have the creator of Post Secret on the show today. So let me talk a little bit about Frank Warren, who is the creator of Post Secret. He introduced the world to a collection of highly personal and artfully decorated postcards that were mailed anonymously from around the world, exposing the soulful secrets we never voice. What started as a community mail art project quickly exploded in popularity since Post Secrets Inception in 2004, Frank has received over a million anonymous secrets on homemade postcards. The Post Secret website is the most visited advertisement-free blog in the world and has won three Webby Awards for the best blog on the internet. With over 25 million views, his TED Talk is one of the most watched and popular series. And Frank's project has also provided an amazing outcome of raising over $1 million for suicide prevention and earned him a Mental Health Advocacy Lifetime Achievement Award in 2011 and an invitation to the White House to share his thoughts on mental wellness in 2013. All of his post-secret books published have been featured on the New York Times bestseller list, and the post-secret confessions on life, death, and God reached number one. Post-secret postcards have been also exhibited at the Museum of Modern Art in New York, the Smithsonian Postal Museum, and the Visionary Art Museum in Maryland. And also, uh, Frank does interactive multimedia events where he goes around the world and talks about Post Secret Live, where he engages the audience with inspiring and funny stories behind the secrets, discusses his blog, and leads him to talk also about suicide awareness as part of his life's work, and really demonstrates that through this uh, the secrets and struggles that are shared with him um, and his way of helping others. So what an amazing effort this has really brought to light um, in this conversation. So Frank, I want to first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today um, and talking about Post Secret. So thanks again for joining us. Well, Jessica, it's great to join you, but that 
introduction was so kind, I feel like you might have oversold me in the project. So I'll do my best to live up to that expectation. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. They, you are, it's a well-deserved introduction, and, and I'm really honored to talk with you. I actually saw you personally um, when you came to Buffalo, New York. I think it was just about a year or so ago when you presented at Buff State College. Um, and just it was a very powerful message that you, you share. So I'm excited that you're, you're with me today to continue to share that with our listeners. So I think the first question I have for you, Frank, is what was your initial motivation to do the post-secret? Post well, I think when a project like post-secret kind of turns your life upside down, usually there are reasons behind it that you're aware of and some that you'll never know. I think uh, on, the, on the base level maybe was a, a boring job that I had had for about <laughs> 20 years. And so after work and on weekends, I would pursue these kind of creative postcard-related pranks. And post-secret was the third one I did that really kind of caught fire um, it spread virally around the globe, and it's been leading me uh, ever since on this amazing journey. But having started the project and looking back at the beginnings from where I am now, I would say that one of the reasons I was motivated at the time that I was unaware of was I was, I was keeping secrets from myself. And in some ways, this, this prank that I created was something that I really needed, uh, a safe, non-judgmental place where I could uh, uncover some of the secrets that had been keeping me. Interesting. Wow. Okay. So, you know, based on that and your, obviously you, your own experience of having the courage to share a secret, um, like you just shared, that's, that kind of came about for yourself through this process. What do you think motivates people to actually share their secrets? Well, even though the project kind of started as a lark, it took on this deeper meaning almost immediately. And I realized I had accidentally tapped into something that was already there, something full of mystery and wonder that I still don't fully understand 12 years later. Um, the secrets can be funny. They can be filled with anguish. They can be philosophical, sexual, shocking. They can be hidden acts of kindness, and I think the reasons behind why people share them can be just as varied as the secrets themselves. I've got three in front of me here uh, now that I'd like to share that kind of show the range. Um, on each of these postcards, there's an address, my home address, Post Secret in Germantown, Maryland. There's a stamp, a cancellation mark, and on the secret side, there's artwork. The one I'm looking at now has a drawing of a tree, a couple underneath it with a heart above the couple. And this secret says, I didn't enlist to escape you. I enlisted to pay for our wedding. Will you marry me? Oh, so you can wow. imagine the intent behind that one. Here's another one that, that feels different. And it's on the back of a postcard from Charlotte, the Queen City. And this one is handwritten. It says, I may exude confidence as I stroll through the airport with my brightly colored hair, but I'm worried I'll have no one to sit with tonight at my high school reunion, just mm -hmm. like at lunch, more than 20 years ago. And you can feel the, the poignancy of that story, too, just a personal confession that, that you can kind of understand why the person would share it with a stranger, but maybe not someone they know who might might judge them or or affect their relationship this is the last one here it has a picture of a, a restroom 
this secret says, I do a little jig in the stall every time I poop at work. I mean, I'm getting paid to poop. (laughs) (laughs) So again, some of the secrets are little uh, inside jokes that people find a place to share creatively. And for me, that's one of the, the joys of the project is to see the variety, um, the breadth of stories, of secrets, and how they're so relatable. And maybe that's one of the ultimate messages of the project, that the secrets that we think make us so different or weird or separate us from others, if we can just find the courage to, to let them go, to release them to a friend, to a psychiatrist, on a postcard, to a spouse, whatever it is, we almost instantly not only release that burden of keeping the secret, but realize the reason we were keeping it in the first place was a fallacy. It was an illusion. It wasn't this wall separating us from others. It was actually a bridge connecting us to others and our deepest feelings to our common humanity. That's an amazing way to present that because I do think that a lot of times when we keep secrets and depending on the secret that it is, it can really do a lot of damage to your your being, if you will, and, and understanding that that release really could help you kind of determine that next step by releasing that for, you know, happiness or healthiness or whatever might be kind of the barrier to keeping that secret. So that's such an interesting kind of way to present it because sometimes sharing a secret can be an extremely scary moment to do, you know, for people. So is there any surprises about the secrets that people share? I mean, you've been doing this for a while now. I don't know. Is there anything that still surprises you at this point with the, the secrets that come in? I'm not shocked anymore, but I'm, I'm still surprised every day because of the power that the secrets have. And you touched on it a little bit. I believe that secrets are the language of intimacy. And I think that we, you know, and, uh, let me back up and tell you, one of the most common secrets mailed to me is the desire to find someone who we can tell all of our secrets to who we don't have to have any barriers between, who we can be our full, true, and whole selves with. And so in that regard, I think that secrets can be a key to a healthy relationship, to to understanding who we truly are. But at the same time, they can connect us to others through these interesting stories, through these um, confessions about who we are, what we believe, what we fear, and so for me, this safe place where people can share secrets on postcards has been this, this community has grown around it. And um, it's, it's, it's been a force for good in a lot of ways, and it's brought people together. I was speaking uh, just last week at the Smithsonian U.S. Postal Museum, where there's a post-secret exhibition there in one of the galleries. And we had a, a talk and a party in the exhibition. It's, it's ongoing. But at the end of my talk, I invited audience members to share a secret live, something they'd never told anyone before. And there were hundreds of people there. And the first person who came to the mic um, proposed to his girlfriend live on stage. And it was actually videotaped. There was a story written about it in the post. And I think you can still go online and just search Washington Post and Post Secret and watch this spontaneous proposal, maybe the most heartwarming kind of secret there is. Absolutely. It's amazing. It's amazing to kind of see um, how people use that opportunity to share their most intimate thoughts. Like you said, it is is the, the ultimate 
uh, form of intimacy um, that somebody can share. In the types of secrets that are shared with you, do you see uh, any common themes, um, maybe even more so on the negative side or, or some traumas that people have experienced? Or is there any common themes that you see regularly with your secrets? Well, before I started post-secret, I was a volunteer on a suicide prevention hotline, kind of listening to people's secrets already at 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. over the phone with a stranger. So when I started post-secret, for me, I was kind of connected to the heavier secrets. And I think really those are are the, the majority of secrets I receive. I think if we have good news or a happy story about ourselves. We're not motivated to hide it. That's the kind of stuff we put on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. It's those real vulnerable stories of who we are that make us uncomfortable, um, that we, we, we tend to hide from others and sometimes ourselves. So those are the kinds of secrets I get. And maybe, you know, one of the things I've learned is that um, even though it's not as much now as it was when this project started 12 years ago, I still think that suicide is one of America's secrets. It's a secret we keep from ourselves. And by hiding from the reality, it just exacerbates the problem in a way that affects people every day. Um, you know, over the past 10 years, uh, more American soldiers, men and women, have been killed by their own hands and by the enemy, than by ISIS, than by all terrorists combined. On college campuses, every year, over a thousand American students will kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes this even more tragic is the Surgeon General has said that suicide is the most preventable form of death in this country. We know what we can do to help. We know it works. We know that by uh, attacking the stigma that can burden people with these feelings that they think no one else would understand or share. We know by removing that stigma, that can save lives. We know that if we invite people to share their feelings freely about depression or isolation by giving them a safe, non-judgmental place, we know that can save lives too. Absolutely. And I think, you know, um, I, I appreciate you sharing kind of your your. Um, experience too as a crisis counselor on the hotline I'm the CEO here in Buffalo New York for our local crisis center and and I think that as crisis counselors every day we are hearing secrets that people are trying to figure out how to reach out for help um, and kind of break through that secret to get the help that they need and and I really appreciate your message around um, suicide and suicide prevention and and I appreciate that this initiative helps to bring awareness and support to that um, because it you know so so many people feel so alone in those moments, and if they know that others are, are feeling similar or, you know, that they, they're not alone, that maybe if they reach out, talk to a crisis counselor, or talk to a friend, um, it can save their lives. And I think that is an important message to, to, to share with our listeners today. Um, that, you know, secrets can be shared um, for good and they can help you um, get the help that you need. So I'm sure that you've, you know, like you said, you've seen that um, shared a lot and that's not surprising. Um, But I guess one of the things is, you know, making sure that the message is that there is help out there. And you even speaking from your own experience as a hotline counselor, I mean, I think that's a powerful message to your your listeners, to your audiences that you share uh, with as a result 
result of this this initiative. And Frank, I just want to take a minute to share with the listeners too that you know if you you know we're talking about the issue of suicide right now and in, in, in the secrets that you've seen. And I just want to always share a resource for people. So I just want to give out the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Um, if you you know as you're listening to us talk today um, and you need help, please reach out to the 24-hour counselors that are there. And that number is one eight hundred two seven three talk. That's one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. And I just feel that um, it's important for us to make sure that um, as you're listening in and, and hearing um, this story about Post Secret and what it's all about, that if you are having thoughts of suicide um, or need to share that secret, which I think is a, a secret to be shared because there's people out there to help you um, and give you the support that you need um, to determine some next steps um, and and stop the the violence against ourselves, which is happening as a result of suicide. So I just want to thank you for for highlighting that and sharing that because we all have a a definite responsibility um, in helping those that have been impacted by suicide. So again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-TALK. It's 1-800-273-8255. I'm talking today with author of uh, Post Secret, Frank Warren. So we're going to be heading into break, um, but we have a lot more to get into and a lot more to talk about the secrets that have been shared with him. So please stay tuned. You're listening to The Journey, Stories of Crisis and Hope. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Crisis Services is Buffalo and Erie County, New York's safety net since 1968. We provide hope safety and immediate help 24 hours a day if you need someone to talk to or if you or a loved one needs immediate help our crisis first responders are available anytime at any hour you're never alone crisis services is here to help call 716-834-3131 716-834-3131 or visit us on the web at crisisservices.org Remember, you are never alone. Call Crisis Services 24 hours a day at 716-834-3131. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to The Journey, Stories of Crisis and Hope. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments about the show. Please send an email to jpirrovoiceamerica at gmail.com. That's J-P-I-R-R-O, voiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to The Journey. Here again is Jessica Pirro. Welcome back to The Journey, Stories of Crisis and Hope. My guest today is creator and author of Post Secret, Frank Warren. So Frank, we've been talking a lot about uh, the phenomenon of Post Secret and what it's become uh, through the years since you started this um, well over 12 years ago. 
is there concerns that you have about the secrets that have been shared with you? Well, like I said, um, uh, I've received over a million postcards, each one with a secret from all over the world. And so when you open up your, your home and mailbox to the world's secrets, um, be prepared because you get all, all kinds. I've got three more here I can share with you real quick. Absolutely. Um, including one that's pretty, pretty I, I'd say, shocking, but not this one. Uh, this one has a drawing of an elevator on the front, kind of a schematic drawing with the arrow pointed at the second floor. And the secret reads, I feel guilty when I take elevators for one floor, so I limp when I get out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's one you might forget about, like, in a few months or years. But I guarantee you, the next time you see somebody limping off an elevator, the secret is going to come flooding back. Yeah. This is the one... Uh, that, that catches a lot of people's attention. This is a secret that I'm holding now. Uh, it's on a six-inch by four-inch postcard covered in tape. Underneath the tape are these very uh, meticulously drawn lines uh, creating one, two, three, four, ten boxes. Mm-hmm. Inside each box is a hair sample, um, half, half blonde, half dark, some curly. The secret says, after they fall asleep... I cut the hair of kids I babysit. Mm. So that's one that kind of uh, hits you, it takes you back a little bit. This one um, I'm holding now has a drawing of King Babar from the children's storybook, and he's reading a King Babar book. And this secret says, When I was a child, I was constantly terrified that my entire life was just a story being read by King Babar to his children, and that someday he would close the book and my life would end. That's interesting. Very interesting. So again, for me, the, the, the most compelling part of the project is just the variety of secrets. And I, I don't think I'll ever run out of them in the same way that you don't run out of, of songs or poetry. And they can be all kinds. Absolutely. Is there messages that you get from people that have shared um, their secret and maybe by sharing that that's changed their path or maybe saved their life? Do you ever hear back from people after you receive their secrets? I do. Uh, People have different reactions. I think the most common is I hear from folks who feel a sense of relief after they find a way to take ownership of the words of this this secret they've never told anyone before, Um, express it on a postcard, stamp it, address it, and then physically let it go to a stranger to see it shared anonymously, safely, with millions and millions of people. Um, in many t- cases, people have followed up and said that sharing it uh, with themselves was the first step. Uh, sharing it with Post Secret was the second. And then after that, it was easier for them to talk about it with a counselor or a friend or a stranger on a bus. So in many ways, um, I think sharing a secret on Post Secret is just one stop in the journey. And then specific stories come back, too. I'll share two with you. Uh, I got a follow-up message from a girl who sent me a secret that read, I worked all my life to get into Harvard, and now that I'm here, I hate it. Uh. And she she followed up, uh, after mailing me that secret, she followed up with an email saying, uh, Frank, my family and friends recognized my handwriting on the postcard that I mailed you my secret on. Can you please remove it? I'm getting into all kinds of difficulties with people I know because of it. Oh, wow. And so I immediately took her postcard off the website, 
And I, I emailed her back, though. I, I sent her a message, and I said, even though you feel this pressure right now in the short term because of telling your secret, maybe in the long run, it's still going to be a healthy thing for you to have done. Maybe it's going to motivate right. you to find a place on campus that you like better or transfer to a school that's a better fit. And I think that can be the story for a lot of folks who, who let go of a secret. Initially, it's it's uncomfortable. And that's the reason why we keep it a secret, I think. But if we can get through that challenge, that obstacle, it can become something very healing or can lead to our growth. The other example I'm thinking of um, was a secret that was mailed to me on a postcard that said, I didn't realize I was in an abusive relationship until I finally understood that I had lost all of my own opinions. Mm. And the image on the postcard was was a stunning face that showed um, abuse. It wasn't a photograph. It was an artistic rendering. And I put that on the web. And I got an email from somebody else who said, I didn't even know what was happening in my relationship until I read that secret and recognized myself in her story. Right. And she went on to say that she had left an unhealthy relationship because of the courage a stranger showed by telling her story. And I I put that response underneath the postcard. Later on, I got another email from the woman who originally sent me that postcard. And her story was kind of interesting, too. She said when she saw her postcard on the laptop, her husband was with her. And Mm -hmm. he saw it, too. And it was very difficult for her to admit that it was hers, but she did. But she went on to say it led to this very revealing um, conversation with her husband that allowed her to recognize where he was coming from and certainly allowed him to see what her feelings were in a way that he hadn't before. And she went on to say that we're struggling, but we're going we're gonna to work it out. And so how interesting that her secret led to, in, in a way, a, a partial healing of her relationship, while in... It inspired somebody else to end her unhealthy relationship altogether, someone whom she'll never meet. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's pretty amazing. I mean, it just, it also just really reiterates the, the power of words, you know, spoken or unspoken or more of the written word in this, this situation that can really have an impact on others when they see it and read it um, and relate to it. Um, so that's, that's pretty amazing to see kind of the, the, the ripple effect that uh, an individual secret can have on, on others that are that are reading them and viewing them. Now, you know, this is definitely something that is, you know, sounds like with between the managing all the postcards you're getting, the emails that you're getting, um, the the speaking engagements that you do around this. This is definitely now your full time work and and what you do. How has this kind of evolution of post secret impacted your life? Hmm. Well, I, I do spend 40 to 50 hours a week on secrets now. I sold my own business years ago so I could dedicate myself to the project. I do a lot of uh, traveling and speaking about the secrets and the stories behind them at college campuses or conferences or at the Smithsonian like I did recently. So that keeps me pretty busy. There are six post-secret books, and I continue to receive postcards every day and post them on the web at postsecret.com for the Sunday Secrets. In terms of my personal life, um, 
I don't recognize much change, but maybe my wife or my family has. I would say it's, it's helped me to become more accepting and understanding of all of our feelings and behaviors and who we are and what we do. But I think I've kind of always been that way. In fact, when I started the project, I had this hope that other people had this, this rich interior life like, like I felt I had where I kind of had this inside sense of humor and uh, my own feelings and fears and desires in a way that um, it was kind of special but private. And I, I had faith that if I could create a non-judgmental, non-commercial place where anybody could tell their story um, artistically, um, with, with pithy on a postcard, it could really be something special. It could, it could open up a conversation kind of among our secret selves. And I've certainly joined that conversation. I've been thrilled that other people have responded as well. It's almost like that police song, Message in a Bottle, where Sting thinks he's the only guy with this uh, message of, of, of loneliness in a bottle. He throws it out to the ocean, not knowing what to expect. And what comes back are billions of other bottles saying, you're not alone. Right, right. Now, is there ever a secret that... Um you haven't published? Oh, yes. Um, I, I don't think of myself as a, a secret censor. Uh, <laughs> I always want to, you know, create a, a clearinghouse for secrets and be a, a moderator of them. Um, but there are a few, a handful, out of the hundreds of thousands I've received that I haven't shared. And I'll tell you about one right now. I got a postcard that had a family portrait on the face. It was a, a father, a mother, and four children. And the secret on the other side said, my brother doesn't realize it, but his father is not the same as our father. Mm. And when I turned it back around, I, I could tell who the sibling was they were talking about. That's a secret that I feel like I don't have ownership of. To, to release, to out that young man in a way that he might find harmful, um, even though I don't doubt the veracity of it. That's just an example of, of a decision I made not to share a secret and a why. Absolutely. That's a, well, that's really interesting, and that must be um, a challenging moment, too, to kind of, you're getting this information, but how to evaluate the, the impact of that, you know, posting that, um, if that other people that are involved in it might see it. So that, that must be a hard thing to process through to make that decision. Well, it also touches on this other idea of, of ownership of secrets, which can be very complicated. I know in my own life, when I started receiving all these secrets from strangers, I was reminded of secrets from my past that I've been keeping from myself. And I think one of the reasons I had difficulty not just acknowledging the secret, but sharing it too, is because it was a family secret. They, were, they involved parents and siblings and friends in a way that um, involved them in the telling of the secret. So, for example, when I speak about post-secret, one of the first things I do is I tell one of my true secrets a secret that I was inspired to share based upon a stranger who told me their painful secret. So it's a secret about my mother. And it's also a secret that I've never told her. Um, and it's, it's ironic because I've, I've spoken hundreds of times um, 
all across the country, outside of the country. Um, my mom has never come to one of my talks. And if she did, I don't know if I would tell this story. Mm. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so can you talk a little bit about, you know, when an individual is generating this type of postcard and sharing this, can you talk a little bit about the power that's generated in that process? I mean, have you, you know, you're sharing your own secrets, um, but as people create, I mean, people put a lot of amazing like artwork and thought into creating those postcards. It's not just, I write a simple secret down and I'm done. Um, it's amazing to see uh, what people put into it. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you think it's like for a person's, that process for them to, to put that type of power and energy into creating that colorful postcard and the secret that's involved in it? Yeah, I hope your listeners get a chance to go to the Post Secret website or page through a Post Secret book to really see the, the beauty and power of the visual elements of the secrets. They're almost like visual haikus. You know, a, a postcard is just six inches by four inches, and so it really it doesn't give you that much space to tell your story, your secret. You have to choose your words carefully. Um, you have to understand how you want to illustrate it. In some ways, I think that the most telling parts of some of these postcards are not the words, but the pictures, the drawings, the photographs that allow you to convey a secret that might allow you to do it so you don't have to use words. You kind of, in some ways, you can still keep it secret without saying it, but you can do it with, with the, the visuals. So, yeah, and I think people, when they let them go, the, the cards are almost weightless. You know, they're so light, although I've received over a million, so I, I kind of have a ton <laughs> of secrets, one postcard at a time. You can see them all in the Smithsonian Post Museum now. They're all on display. The whole pyramid oh, is wow. taller than me. But I, I, I've read studies that talk about secrets, too. Um, one in the Journal of Experimental Psychology said that keeping a secret, well, for those people who are harboring a significant secret, something like marital infidelity mm-hmm. or sexual orientation, for those folks, it becomes a real burden in their life, a physical burden. Keeping a secret like that can affect your posture. Uh, when you look at a hill or a mountain, you estimate it as being steeper than it actually is because of this, this physical burden you have on your shoulders. You're more likely to get sick if you're carrying right. a significant secret. Your immune system is lowered. If, if a friend asks you for help, maybe to help move or arrive to the airport, you're less likely to say yes Again, because you feel this burdening. So there is something that really affects us at a deep level, our health, our well-being, by keeping secrets. And so I would, I would advise anybody who has a secret um, that might be a little uncomfortable to let go, uh, find the best way to, to let it go and see how that makes you feel. Maybe it's writing it on a letter and putting it in an old tree or, or burying it in the ground or putting it in a bottle, throwing it out to sea telling a friend, telling a stranger, writing it on a postcard and mailing it to post secret, whatever it is. If you've got a secret in your life, and I believe everybody has at least one secret that could break your heart, mm-hmm. if you can find a way to let it go anonymously, see how that makes you feel. Absolutely. I think that's such a, uh, a message we, we definitely want to get across today. We're going to be heading into break right now, so please stay tuned. You're listening to The Journey, Stories of Crisis and Hope.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Crisis Services is Buffalo and Erie County, New York's safety net since 1968. We provide hope, safety, and immediate help 24 hours a day. If you need someone to talk to, or if you or a loved one needs immediate help, our crisis first responders are available anytime at any hour. You're never alone. Crisis Services is here to help. Call 716-834-3131. 716-834-3131. Or visit us on the web at crisisservices.org. Remember, you are never alone. Call Crisis Services 24 hours a day at 716-834-3131. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to The Journey, stories of crisis and hope. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments about the show. Please send an email to jpirrovoiceamerica at gmail.com. That's J-P-I-R-R-O, voiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to The Journey. Here again is Jessica Pirro. Welcome back to The Journey, Stories of Crisis and Hope. I've been talking with Frank Warren, who's the creator and author of Post Secret. Um, And Frank, you had mentioned a little bit earlier um, that uh, uh, you've done a lot of awareness around suicide prevention as a result of uh, the Post Secret, um, you know, effort. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the reason behind that? Um, And are you, you know, are you seeing a lot of secrets that share suicidal thoughts? I think anytime you open up a safe place for people to share anonymously, you're going to get secrets about mental illness, whether it's a personal story or a family member or someone you know. And I, I can tell you this, when I speak at college campuses or conventions and I raise the issue of suicide afterwards, people will come up and share their story. They're kind of just waiting for this opening to tell you how they feel about it. Because I think in this country there's this taboo about the issue. People feel uncomfortable around it. I I posted a tweet a few days ago that isn't about suicide, but I think there's a direct connection to it if you think about it. The tweet was explaining how uh, a shocking number of people, when they're eating food at a restaurant and they realize they're choking, they feel embarrassed, and instead of asking for help from friends at their table or strangers in the restaurant, They get up and run to the bathroom to try and help themselves privately so they don't embarrass themselves further. And many of them die alone in the bathroom. When if they just would have stayed at the table and indicated to a friend that they were choking, the help was right there. Their friends would be happy to save them, of course. Strangers help them all the time with the Heimlich Maneuver. So for me, part of the reason I shared that story is because I think it touches on other emotions that we have, too, and other struggles that we have, where the hope and the help is so close, but sometimes we're blind to it. Mm -hmm. I got a postcard once 
on the face of it was a screenshot from a text texting conversation. Um, there were two students uh, just texting back and forth. One said, uh, hey, how you doing? One said, I'm, I'm great. And the response was, great, glad to hear you're fine. If you ever need to talk, I'm here for you. I'm just thinking of you. That was it. I mean, the simple kind of conversation you could see a million times on phones around the world. What the person added on the back of the postcard when they sent it to me was this. They said, my friend doesn't realize it, but this conversation saved my life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the simplest things we can do to save the life of a friend, a stranger, a neighbor, and we don't even realize it. You know, I went through two weeks of training before I was a volunteer on the suicide prevention hotline. I thought I would learn all about uh, different psychological theories and where the resource centers are and how to analyze risk. It wasn't any of that. The two primary things that we were taught were to be non-judgmental, and to listen. And that actually took a lot of training, especially men. We're not good at listening. We just want to solve problems. But sometimes you don't need any training. You don't need any special education. If you're just there to listen in a non-judgmental, compassionate way, that can make all the difference in the world. I bet some of your listeners right now have said, how you doing? I'm there if you need me. I see you're struggling. Call me anytime. I've been there too. Let's get to this together. I bet some of your listeners have said just the right thing at just the right time to a friend, to, to an acquaintance, and they've saved their life without even knowing it. Absolutely. And, and that is so true. I know just from doing this work and, and the efforts around suicide prevention, I know when we've talked with individuals who have attempted and survived and talk about that experience, um, we've had some people when we say, you know, what, what was it that, you know, um, didn't happen for you? What was it that um, would have been helpful? And, um, you know, a lot of people say if people would just ask me how I was doing at that moment, they could see I was struggling, but nobody said, what's going on? You know, are you okay? You seem like you're having a hard day today. If they had asked that, that would have opened a door that they were ready to walk through. But it's that that being ashamed and embarrassed to to admit to that, um, unless it's in, maybe engaged by somebody that reaches out to give that help and that hope for people. So it, it is very true how um, just asking one question and checking in with somebody could change somebody's path in their life that day. Um, and again, I just like to share the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, um, which is 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Um, Frank, do you, have you seen a difference when when you first started this, you know, in 2004, have you seen a difference in the secrets that were shared then and what you're getting now, or have they been pretty consistent? Over the years, they've been consistent, and that's a question I get from a lot of folks. Um, some people ask about the secrets from overseas versus U.S. secrets or secrets from uh, seniors versus teenagers, and for me, that's been one of the surprises, too. Sometimes I'll get secrets in my mailbox that have come from two different continents, and they're in two different languages. But when I get them translated, they're expressing the same fear, hope, mm. desire, confirming, you know, this, this idea that uh, I, didn't, I didn't know at first was that we all kind of have the same secrets, and it's an illusion to think that we're harboring them by ourselves. 
and our friends wouldn't understand. Um, our neighbors wouldn't understand. People from other countries wouldn't understand. That's not true. We all come from the same cloth. We all have the same struggles. And the more we can talk about our feelings and our secrets and our stories, the more that we can shine light on that fact. It was so elegant what you just got through saying about suicide and the power that we have to make a difference all the time. Um, I, I would just add to that that um, I've struggled with suicide. Um, I've reached out for help. I've used resources that are available for free. And I think um, in all of our dealings with people, if we can admit our vulnerabilities first, that's an right. invitation for others to open up and share their story, their secrets with us. Absolutely. Now, um, I had mentioned earlier in the show that I um, saw you speak when you were here in Buffalo, New York, um, a couple years ago at Buffalo State College. And, um, you know, just it's a very powerful experience. It really, um, you know, it's there's a lot of funny moments. And then there's a lot of those moments where you kind of are sitting back and kind of taking in and thinking through, um, you know, the vulnerabilities that people are, are sharing um, and the impact that has on you personally or maybe someone you know so it's a it's an amazing experience if um, you know people have an opportunity to go see you I would I would strongly encourage it but one of the things I was curious about and I guess I'm coming from my crisis center uh, hat if you will um, you know you at the end you do have people that get up and they share secrets or stories um, and you know sometimes they could be sharing a very um, challenging situation or maybe thoughts of suicide is part of your your setup um, when you're doing those type of live events, um, do you have a set protocol um, for like staff to be available who are either working there or local counselors that are just available to help people maybe if by sharing that is really needing some sort of intervention at that moment? Uh, not all the time are counselors available. At a lot of colleges and universities where I speak, uh, they do have counselors there or there's access to a crisis line. Um, Members of the post-secret community actually have created the most complete and comprehensive database of suicide prevention resources in the world as a wiki. So anywhere in the world, if you need uh, help with, with crisis, there is a suicide prevention hotline, there's a text line, there's something you can reach out to for help, or if you want to volunteer, there's something for that as well. Absolutely. But at, at post-secret live events, no, there's, there's not always somebody there who can help. And that can make the event sometimes like working on a circus without a net. There's a real energy in the room for sure. And my belief is that there's a power in letting a secret go, not just for the individual, but a healing power for the community to hear that story and see it in yourself and have that inspire maybe the next audience member to come up and share a secret live as well. Absolutely. Now, how many cards are you receiving on average a week? Um, you know, and has that been consistent or has it, I mean, I'm assuming it's grown through the years, but um, on average, how many cards do you usually receive on a weekly basis? It's been 12 years and I receive dozens to hundreds every week. Wow. Wow. And that's time, then the time to go through that and kind of um, read through them. I mean, is that just you solely doing that or do you have other folks on your team that help with that with you? It's usually just me. I was invited to exhibit 
LGBT secrets at the White House a couple of months ago, and I had some interns help me go through the archive and select postcards for that. But typically, it's just me, and that's fine. Um, I don't I don't feel burdened at all by this project after 12 years. It's a real heart heartfelt passion. And um, I, I feel a great privilege that so many strangers continue to trust me with their deepest secrets and stories about themselves. So, yeah, the postcards are not difficult at all. There is uh, an issue with email. I get a lot of email. So mm-hmm. <laughs> if yeah. there is something that's kind of the downside, I would say email and airport security. But everything else I still <laughs> love. <laughs> so... Um- what message would you want? And we're, you know, uh, going to be, uh, we have a few minutes left uh, for the show. What message do you want to share with our listeners about the reason why you might encourage sharing a secret? Is there any kind of thoughts or final messages that you want to share with our listeners? Mm. I would just say one of the things I've learned through this project about myself is there are two kinds of secrets. There are the secrets that we keep from others and the ones that we hide from ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if we can find the courage to look inside and really uncover those deep, painful secrets, maybe from our past or uh, buried aspirations about our future, um, it can really lead us on this path to not only growth, but better self-awareness, healthy relationships with others. Um, But I've never gotten complacent about it because I always realize no matter how deep I go to uncover a secret that's painful, that's part of that process, part of that journey, there's always a deeper secret waiting for me to find the courage to face. Mm. That's so interesting how you kind of presented that because, you know, there's um, a lot of times we definitely can have a mask on for the people around us, but we can also do that for ourselves. And I think that's um, part of the message is kind of that self-care and kind of self-reflection of who you are um, and what you want um, and sharing that, kind of going back to that one woman that shared uh, her postcard from Harvard. I mean, that the pressure of, of getting into Harvard and doing all that, and then she gets there and it's not what she wanted. It's not what she thought it would be. I mean, it's those are really difficult moments for people to go through. So, um, But the more you're true to your yourself, the more your own health and well-being can be positive and successful and not impact um, some of the barriers like you talked about before um, with physical health or just kind of your own, you know, feelings uh, about life. Um, when you hold a secret, that that barrier and that, that burden um, for sure um, is present. Um, you know, you've you've written a, a lot of books, you know, have shared a lot of the secrets through your books. Do you have any current projects that you're working on that you'd like to share with our listeners that we can look for? Hmm. Well, I'm excited about the exhibit at the Smithsonian Postal Museum, but it's closing in a year. So I'm looking for other locations where all the secrets can go to be exhibited and shared. Um, so that's something. Um, I'm working with some people uh, in Hollywood about a possible cable show, which is exciting, and uh, a museum in San Diego. So, yeah, there's there's still a lot of things happening with Post Secret. There's a Post Secret play that's going to go on tour again. We just completed a 25-city tour of of the U.S. and Canada, and that was really successful. We're looking to take it back out on the road again. But I would just like to emphasize that I am still open for secrets. So if you have a confession you want to let go of and and share, um, mail it to the post-secret guy. So can you share with our listeners um, 
the address to, to share their secrets as well as like your web address and other information to find you, social media, things like that? Yeah, everything is on the web. So if you just Google post secret, like postcard, post secret, all one word, uh, the web page will come up, the Facebook will come up, and uh, all the information is right there. It's real simple. Well, you know, and one of the things I just wanted to uh, reiterate, and, you know, I, you kind of were, you joked at the beginning that that introduction uh, was uh, more than you were expecting, but I think that, you know, you've, you've stepped into an experience that opens doors for people, opens eyes for people, opens hearts for people, I think, um, to share um, some challenging and sometimes not so challenging experiences, but really what a path that leads for for people to um, release the secret that might be causing health issues or relationship issues. Um, so I think that, you know, the, the phenomenon that has become post-secret, I think, um, is really amazing to see that, you know, the impact you're having on, on individuals to, um, you know, find other ways of living um, that maybe they wouldn't have done if they didn't release that secret. So um, I'm just excited I had the opportunity to talk with you, and I'm excited to be sharing um, what Post Secret's all about with our listeners today. So I just want to remind everyone, you know, we did talk about the issue of suicide throughout the show with some of the conversations around Post Secret. So I'd just like to leave you with the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 1-800-273-TALK. That's one 800 273-8255. So I want to thank my guest, Frank Warren, the creator and author of Post Secret, for joining me today. And I want to thank you for tuning in and joining us for another episode of The Journey, Stories of Crisis and Hope. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please email me at jpirrovoiceamerica at gmail.com. That's J-P-I-R-R-O, voiceamerica at gmail.com. So thanks again for tuning in and do your part this week to provide hope to others. Thank you for tuning in to The Journey, Stories of Crisis and Hope. Please join your host, Jessica Pirro, for another edition of the program next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll see you here next week. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america health and wellness channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericahealth.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management